Hey everyone, I'm Tiffany with my so-called fabulous. Welcome to my show today. It's so nice to talk to you and see you and seeing you if you're on YouTube and I hope you're all doing well. We are here to talk to you today about one of my very favorite subjects. You know, I love the food, the food world, but in comparison to the wine world, oh <laughs> my. So I'm so excited because I have local vendor and wonderful Jennifer Demmel with 38 and Vine yes. in Fort Worth. Well, welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here. So glad you're here. So much to talk about. And if you will go to her Instagram at, at 38 and Vine mm -hmm. and or your website and look at all the beautiful pictures of people having a fabulous <laughs> time at your facility. It's just beautiful. I love Thank it. Thank you. And you know what? I was over there in the, the last week, I think it was last week, and um, I had more people. We were trying to do a boomerang in front of your... Um, <laughs> shop. Yes. And there were more people in front of that beautiful boxwood ivy that, and I'm like, okay, people, little junior high girls get away so I can take a picture. Please. I know we have them come up there all the time for photos. Isn't it funny? <laughs> That's great. That's it great. Is. Mom it go is. inside and yeah. <laughs> okay. So you know, I we have another we have something in common. We're TCU Horn Frogs, mm -hmm. and you're a little bit younger than I am. But you and your husband Sam both attended our our beloved TCU. And when? Yes. So I graduated in 2008, and then my husband played baseball at TCU, and he was drafted in 07. Oh wow. Mm -hmm. Okay, take me back here because I remember. Did he go to the the big? Okay, I've just lost my train of thought. <laughs> I just. Uh, 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 Nebraska, not Nebraska. Okay, help me out with the baseball playoffs and all that. Oh, that World College World Series. Yes, thank you. He did not. I think the first year that they went was like maybe two years after he left. Okay, because I remember watching that, and, it, and they, you know, just so, of course, DC baseball is fabulous, of mm -hmm. course. But I was wondering. I was thinking about that. I wonder if he was in that. In that, no, he was already gone to the pros. He, yeah, he was already gone. So you have lived that pro life. I have. You have. I have. <laughs> so he started playing for the the Arkansas Diamondbacks? No, Arkansas, uh, Arizona. Boy, here, I'm really doing great here. Arizona. So he was drafted by Oakland Athletics, um, and he was in their minor league system. Um, so that was, he was drafted in 07, and then in 2010, he was traded to the Diamondbacks and made his major league debut with them. Wow. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. I, I, I have had people... Uh, really good friends of mine, girlfriends that have lived that in the minor, go the major. In the minor, go the major. It and is a crazy life. Is And yeah. you traveled that, right? Yes, I traveled it. So whenever... Whenever he was in the minor leagues, I stayed here in Fort Worth. Um, and then once he was traded to the Diamondbacks and made his debut, I moved out to Arizona with him. We were out there for about three years, maybe a little longer. Right. What yeah. a beautiful place to live. It is. I oh love my it. Gosh. I mean, were you live in Scottsdale area? Mm -hmm. Oh, gosh. Yeah, it was amazing. One of my happy places. Yes. Camelback Mountain. Oh, I, I love it. I just love it. I love it. <laughs> now, I've never gone. I've gone rarely in July when it's blistering heat, but you've been there. So. Oh, yes. And <gasps> I was pregnant during it, too. Oh, <laughs> Jennifer. <laughs> so, okay. My goodness. That was tough, right? Yes, yeah. It is yeah. very hot. Very, very hot, but beautiful, beautiful place. Mm -hmm. And then you've traveled the West Coast. Which brings us to your passion, which is wine. Yes. And I think that's where the idea kind of stemmed from for 38 and Vine. We spent so much time on the West Coast um, and we just felt like we wanted to bring something fun and new to Fort Worth. Um, we love wine. We love, you know, kind of innovative, fun ideas. And it just felt like a good <laughs> a good match. Right. Absolutely. Because you're living in California, right? Or, or the, so the... we didn't ever really live in California, but we traveled there all okay. the time. I mean, he played in California probably more than anywhere else. I mean, we were there constantly. Right. So that gave you the opportunity to go to the wine country. Mm -hmm. And I mean, what an amazing experience. Mm -hmm. And then it brings you to your passion, of course. So explain to our listeners and followers what the concept with 38 and Vine is, because it is the most Precious boutique wine bar. Right. Okay. So right. explain to us the whole concept. Yeah. So it's a totally new concept. Um, we have wine dispensers. And so we have 42 bottles set up in these dispensers. You're handed a card 
to access the, the dispensers. Um, when we opened, we were really a self-serve concept. Um, so you can go in and you can choose a one ounce, three ounce, or a full glass, six ounce pour. Um, so it really gives you the opportunity to try out new wines, something that you may be curious about, or if you see something new you want to try, you can go in and try it for say maybe a dollar, two dollars, rather than committing to a glass or a bottle. Um, so it's a really fun experience where you get to kind of expand your palate and try some new things. And all of the dispensers are against the wall, mm -hmm. 42. Mm -hmm. And you have, I mean, I have your varieties in front of me. Do you handpick these? I do. I do. So My God. I know. And we, we are constantly changing. Like I think we've been through over 200 bottles since we opened. So we want people to come in all the time and, you know, you're never going to see the exact same 42 bottles up there. They're, they're always evolving and changing. Um, but we try to keep it really well curated. Mm -hmm. And when you, when you are making these selections, my, and I want to accurately ask this question, mm -hmm. when you're making these selections, do you have a distributor that does this or how does that work? Yes. So we work with multiple distributors. You do? Yes. Yes. Um, you know, it's, I feel like that's the best way to really get the best variety in there. Um, so we're constantly doing tastings. We're changing with the seasons, um, you know. Always, always just bringing in new things, new things. Mm -hmm. And it, the variety I'm looking on your, on the sheet here. I mean, you have sparkling different, I mean, interesting whites and on the reds. I mean, everything, mm -hmm. everything. I love this because my sister, and there's a time and place for every wine, but she <laughs> loves a good, I mean, just on a daily basis, uh, um, a nice uh, Riesling mm -hmm. sweet. Mm -hmm. And so I, don't care for that just on a daily basis. Right. I mean, it, it calls for the right flavor mm -hmm. profiling with food, but I see you have it on here. So we, we do have a Riesling. Yes. Oh my goodness. Is, is it sweet? Um, this one is a little bit sweeter. One that we had back in the beginning of the year was not quite as sweet. It was probably a little bit drier, but this one is a little bit on the sweeter side. Um, wanted a new take on it going into spring and summer. But, you know, that's something that we'll do too, is we'll put a couple of different, say, Sauvignon Blancs up against each other or Chardonnays from different regions, different countries. Um, so if you are a Chardonnay drinker or a Pinot Noir drinker, you know, we'll put a couple of them up beside each other so you really can explore the variety of it as well. That's so great. And the, and the different, I mean, I mean, Washington versus Oregon mm -hmm. versus California versus right. France. Right. It is amazing. Mm -hmm. It is. It is amazing. Even Texas. Do you have Texas wines? We do. Good. We do. Good. Because I'm a fan. Mm -hmm. I am a fan. I mean, we don't have a huge selection of them, but we try to have at least one Texas wine on there at all times. Good. Yeah. Good. I support those Texas wine. I know. Definitely. I, know. I do too. Oh my goodness. With our weather and everything. Um, so when you go in, are you seated? Do you buy the card? You, because it's a card system. Mm -hmm. I was about to say, it's not an honor system, right? <laughs> so, so how does it work? You, you pop in. Mm -hmm. So you come in, you're going to be seated. We're going to hand you a card. Um, and that card basically works as your tab. So you'll insert that card into the machines and it keeps a running tab for you. So then whenever you check out, we just take the card, um, check you out and you hand us your credit card. So on the, um, on the dispensers, it has the pour size, mm -hmm. one ounce, but does it have the pricing? How does that work? It does. It does. It shows all the pricing for the one ounce, three ounce, six ounce. And then we have the bottle pricing up there as well. Um, and even when you input your card, it'll show you what your current tab is, you know, so it's never going to be a surprise. I mean, you're, you're always going to know what you're spending and what you've currently spent. Right. Now, when you are, how do I say this? I'm trying to ask you these questions <laughs> the right way. When you, the do, the do the bottles ever get tired? Do they get old? Is there a, a time to replenish? Does that make sense? So within the machines themselves, um, usually these bottles in the machines can last up to 21, 25, 30 days. We've never had a bottle make it that long. Um, but, you know, the machines do keep them 
fresh. Fresh, yeah. Right. It's Keep... as if they were never opened. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So you're always, even if you come in and say that bottle's been on there a week, when you go and dispense that glass, it's as if you're getting a fresh pour. Because I've gone to wine bars and or, or to restaurants. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean it doesn't it, wherever it's served in my house. Are you kidding? Right. And <laughs> it's tired. Right. It's 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 needs to mm-hmm. go. So I haven't properly. I haven't properly taken care of that bottle, possibly. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, they usually don't last that long around my house. <laughs> Mine don't either. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know at all. <laughs> Definitely. So when you buy, let's say you have a bottle of, uh, okay, we're going to say one of your, your Fort Ross Sea Slopes, your Sonoma Coast Chardonnay. Mm-hmm. How many bottles and are they 750? Yes, they are. They're a full 750 milliliter bottle. Right. So how many would you have on hand? Just one? So we try to keep a really limited supply on hand. Um, We kind of go week to week. Um, We're doing inventory once a week. We're doing tastings, you know, multiple days a week. So, you know, we have a few bottles that are constantly on there that are some of our favorites and some of our customers' favorites. But I would say generally max we're going to have is about two cases of each bottle at a time. Okay. Um, so we can kind of see how it's doing, how people are enjoying it. And then that way we can easily rotate it out or easily order new inventory of it. Right. Um, but I would say the most bottles we've ever had in-house at a time is about 800. Okay. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot too. It is, but you know, probably to some other wine bars or sure. big restaurants, we have, you know, it's a pretty small cellar, but, mm-hmm. um, we like it that way. So we can constantly be moving things and right. getting new things up there. See, I would go and fall in love with something and I go, Jennifer, where is it? And, and we <laughs> it happens, can right? always do special orders and there bring, bring things in for you. Yep. Happy to do that. <laughs> so, um, so the food system that's going on, what are your, what are your food options at your, your facility? Mm-hmm. So we've always carried a full menu, um, of just kind of small light bites. Um, we've always had charcuterie boards, maybe cheese boards, um, hummus and veggies, some salads, um, just, just small little things that you could come in and do lunch, or you could come in and grab a bite before dinner or even make it your dinner. And, uh, we always have desserts as well. Okay. So, but you do not have a full kitchen. Is that correct? Right. We do not have a full kitchen. Um, our space is pretty small and we've tried to use every amount of square footage we can on our main floor. So our back of house is rather tight. Um, we have some fridges, um, a lot of wine storage, dishwasher, sink, right. but yeah, definitely not a full kitchen. And that wasn't the, the original thought. Mm-mm. No, not no, at all. Not at all. That's not, at not all. what you were thinking because food was not right. Right. It was not, you know, we definitely just, our intention was to be a wine bar and then work with local business owners, caterers, things like that to bring in our food. So you, you, when your husband retired, when you, how long have you been back in Fort Worth now? So we've been back in Fort Worth about six years. Six years. And you have two little, two littles. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, we do. So back in Fort Worth in six years and you thought about this concept and you, you both have a passion for wine. So you opened your store when? So we started our soft openings on December 21st of 2019. We, we are a baby business. <laughs> 2019. Okay. All right. So let's move forward because we're all going to, we're all wondering about this. (laughs) So you move forward, you're rocking along and you had Mm -hmm. your um, grand opening in January, correct? Yes. We did our grand opening at the very beginning of January. And how was it going? Wonderful. Wonderful. We were very well received by Fort Worth. A lot of great feedback and we were super busy. Super busy. Mm -hmm. How often were you there? Because you are a dual career girl. Yes. (laughs) Yes. All the time. I mean, I think at one point in February, I mean, I could honestly say we were working like 80 to 100 hour weeks. It felt like, I mean, we were there constantly. Both of you. Yes. And we were switching off between this and real estate and kids. I mean, it 
we were pretty exhausted. <laughs> you and your husband both work for Burt Ladner, your partners at, at mm-hmm. Burt Ladner Real Estate. Yes. So you have that. Mm-hmm. Let's not even bring up the mom. I mean, right. mom and dad. Right. So there's that. So full-time job, but things were rocking along in February. And mm-hmm. then our world was rocked about March 8th, right? Yes. So take us through what you have gone through with this entire pandemic. Mm-hmm. If you can walk us through your feelings and your emotions, and I need you to, 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 to let my listeners know what's been going on. Yeah. So it's definitely been a roller coaster. Um, it was probably about March 8th where we started to get the feeling that, okay, there's, there's a chance something's going to happen. There's a chance that we're going to get shut down. Um, but we stayed moving kind of as long as we could. We decided to close our doors on March 16th. I think it was a day before, uh, mayor Betsy price asked that everyone closed. Um, so we closed down on March 16th and, uh, we had to furlough our employees and we moved to curbside only. So we're thinking, I mean, we, we were freaking out. We I mean, it, it was terrifying. We didn't know what was going to happen, but we were thinking, okay, this sounds maybe like it's going to be a 14 day thing. We're just going to make this curbside work or we'll, we'll get through it and we'll come out on the other end. Well, that two weeks, as everyone knows, turned into about two months. Um, and so we were balancing virtual learning with, with this as well with, with our children, with our kiddos. Um, but my husband really took over the wine bar aspect for a while. Um, and Fort Worth was wonderful. They, I mean, they really were. I felt like everybody really came together. It was a lot of support local movement. Um, the community of Fort Worth really cared about these small local spots and really wanted everyone to come out on the other end. Um, so we really got a lot of support during those first few weeks of the shutdown. And then, um, you know, the reopening phases began. So we are considered a bar. Um, Restaurants were able to eventually get up to about 50%, I think even 75% at one point. Um, Bars opened about a week or two after restaurants, and we were at 25% when we reopened. Um, So that was was definitely, it was hard to transition back into being a dine-in experience again. We opened at 25% capacity. We removed a lot of our tables to allow for spacing. hand sanitizer masks. We took away the self-serve option on the dispensers and we were, you know, service at your table only. And uh, we were really doing everything we could to abide by these guidelines and the social distancing. We were open for three to four weeks. And then that's when June 26th happened, when GA28 went into effect that mandated all bars to close. What was the catalyst that, that did this? Do you have, I mean, other than an outbreak or, and that was June 26th? It was June 26th. You know, I'm, I'm really not sure. Um, I know the weekend before TABC had started visiting a lot of bars, um, but their, their press release had said that I think they frequented around 3000 and they had said the majority were following the guidelines. Um, and then it wasn't but a week later that this happened. And I had no idea it had happened. Um, my husband and I were actually driving into Fort Worth. We had been staying out at our parent or my parents' house. And we were driving in to go open the bar uh, for just kind of check everything out for the morning before we opened that day. And uh, one of our staff members texted and was like, um, I think we're closed. It's like, what are you talking about? We're not closed. No. Um, and so I started just kind of Googling what was happening. And, uh, there it was, you know, the, the mandate, it came out at 9 AM that Friday morning. And we were told we had to be closed by noon that day. So, um, it happened really quickly. It did. Yeah. So closing and how many people, when you did go back, when you were back at the, the three weeks, I guess. Yeah, this is about three weeks. Um, how many of your employees did you bring back? So we had brought back three at that point, um, you know, being at the about 25% capacity, we went up to 50% for a few days. Um, but we, we got back to three of our employees. And what is full capacity for you? What number? So at a hundred percent capacity, we're 49 people. Forty nine. Yeah. We're a really small space. I mean, at 
25% capacity, we were not allowing more than about 10 to 12 people in at a time. What did you, what did you have people coming in? The mm-hmm. 10 to 12, you did have the 10 to 12. Yes, we Good. absolutely did. And we had outdoor seating. Um, oh, so we, we made sure to take advantage of that. Um, not big, but just kind of out along our sidewalk, have a couple tables out there. Right. And you had masks that were, that you had purchased. Yes. Yes. I mean, we, we really had done everything that we could think of to really abide by these guidelines and um, make safety a priority. So Jennifer, is there a difference between a bar like yourself, and I know visually mm-hmm. for me, and a bar where our TCU students go, and I'm sure some certainly do. Right. But is there, is, do you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And and there is a difference, you know, and when I say this, I don't mean any disrespect to the Correct. other bars. I mean, I, I, I want everyone to be open and be successful, but there is absolutely a difference. Um, even when you hear the governor speak about bars, you know, it's definitely in a sense of people standing and congregating and, you know, really being at a, at a bar top, I think in essence, kind of standing there taking some shots and, you know, being at a late night bar. Um, we are definitely not that we, we don't even have a bar top. Um, we're seated tables only. You have servers. We really do, you know, kind of act more like a restaurant than, than anything else, but we are a bar. Do you forecast that there will be a definition in the change moving forward? I don't know. I know that that has been something that um, some representatives have discussed, you know, kind of redefining what a restaurant is, redefining what a bar is. Right. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. So I do see... And here we are, um, we are recording, I don't even know what today is, mid-September, <laughs> mid-September. I know. Um, we don't even know. <laughs> I know the holidays are like, oh, who cares? But um, mid-September, and um, I am noticing there's some bars, some that, and, I, and I'm not going to name the names, but mm-hmm. um, in Austin and Fort Worth that are indeed open. Absolutely. So what? What? I, I know. Um, I know it, it's just, it's crazy. And, and I'm, I'm glad they are. I hope they're doing well. Um, but so I guess it was in July, TABC came out and said that one way bars could open was if they went and got a food and beverage certificate. Back in July, the requirements were you had to expand your back of house space. You had to actually put in a full kitchen, full commercial um, equipment, um, and the food could not be brought in by a third party. It had to be prepared in-house. So for a lot of bars that that did not work. Um, then they came back. It was about the end of August where they did an emergency amendment to the rules on getting a food and beverage. Um, and this was going to, this emergency amendment was for 51% bars only where you weren't going to be required to input commercial equipment. Um, you just had to apply to get the food and beverage certificate. Um, the city and health code had to sign off on it as well. And then you were going to be allowed to bring in food from third party vendors or food truck. Um, so it definitely made it much easier for a lot of bars to go and make that switch, get the permit and get their doors open. Um, but the other caveat to it was you first have to get the food and beverage certificate, and then you have to keep your alcohol sales below 51%. Below. Mm -hmm. And that's your baby. Right. Right. With wine, that's a little tough. Yeah. And I can't imagine if, if I was there, my husband and I were there and you're like, sorry, you can eat food, but no wine. I know. I know. And that's been a lot of conversation that my husband and I have had. You know, we don't want to get into a situation where we do this and we make this switch and, you know, you have a table that's you know, ordered charcuterie and a couple of glasses of wine. And we're sitting there looking at their tab thinking, well, there's, there's no way the alcohol will be below 51%. And, you know, do you have to tell somebody that they can't order another drink or do you have to tell somebody that they can't purchase a bottle? Um, because it would just destroy our numbers. Absolutely. And, and, you know, and you are about, about making relationship because you will be back open. Right. Exactly. And making those relationships Mm -hmm. 1000%. 
I remember when we opened, I, we, when we closed, um, my girl, my daughter and I and her friends were in Cabo and we came back and I just remember there was a group of girls and we saw that Harvard had closed down mm-hmm. and I looked at the girls and I said, TCU, mark my word, will never shut down. I, know, I mean, I mean, I, I never, I mean, I'm just saying it. <laughs> Y'all can just sit here and wish for a second spring, spring break, but you know, I mean, I was so sure. I mean, like who in the world, but we came back to such an eerie, eerie life. Mm-hmm. I will never forget ordering a, one of our favorite Mexican food restaurants. We'd go and I was, there was probably 100 people outside waiting on curbside. Right. And angry people, mm-hmm. angry. And I'm sure you've seen the situations like this, angry angry. And, uh, because it wasn't coming out fast enough. Right. And I got on the show and I'm like, you, everyone needs to calm down because this Mexican food restaurant has been fabulous. Their deal is not curbside. Exactly. Your deal's not curbside. Yeah. It, it's really been hard because, you know, to make the switch to curbside was difficult. And, you know, another aspect of it was we have kind of obscure wines. And so now you're asking people to just buy these bottles without tasting it. So we actually went and purchased a lot of inventory, um, a little bit more commercial and name brands. So people would kind of know what they were buying and they would purchase through us. So we kind of switched our inventory completely to handle the curbside. So then to switch back at the end of May, beginning of June to dine in, we then kind of had to rebuild our inventory for the dine in services. And then to then have that rug pulled out from under you and switch back to curbside at the end of June. I mean, it's just, it's been a headache. It has, it Mm -hmm. has, I can tell, but you still, I mean, you're ready, you're ready to get back in there. We are. I mean, that's really most important to us right now is just getting our doors back open. So where are we right now? Where are we? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, come September 26th, we will have been shut down for 90 days from GA 28 um, with really kind of no guidance or end in sight. Um, And we're just really holding on to hope of getting to open back up as our business is intended. Um, You know, because we're also nervous about if we go and do this food and beverage, we're surrendering our 51% sign. So what happens when this, we we are able to reach open? Um, do we have to reapply to get our license back? Um, we just, there's a lot of, you know, we're really unsure about a lot of things. And so we, we really want to stick to our guns of being able to remain what we are, um, and holding out hope that we'll get to reopen as what we are. Do you think that our, our state government is doing everything they can? Do you think, I mean, I mean, just I, know, be on, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I try to tell myself that I know I I can't imagine the situation that they're in and having to to make these decisions. But at the same time, I mean, I feel like we should be given the opportunity to operate as many other businesses are being given the opportunity to, um, you know, give us the same guidelines to open as you would a restaurant or maybe a boutique, you know, with social distancing, masks, hand sanitizer, all of that, um, and give us the chance to do that, um, you know, and maybe if people aren't abiding by that, maybe it's an individual basis of who gets a suspension or a fine. I mean, and I hate to say that because I don't want that to happen to anybody, but I just feel like we should all have the chance to be open and abide by these guidelines rather than being, you know, demanded to change our business plan when, when nobody else is having to do that. Right. Right. And you know, that you and your staff, if there's 10 to 12 people mm-hmm. that you, that is your percentage, you're counting your people. Absolutely. We are counting. You're counting your people. Mm-hmm. So another scenario, and it's been a couple of months, probably around when all these dates that you've talked about, but I know, and we're a college town, mm-hmm. you know, we've all been there, but they're not counting. And I, and I, I do hurt. My heart hurts for you because I am, I'm a chef. I'm in the, in mm-hmm. the, in the food and beverage industry, but I, my heart hurts because I, there's a, a, a similar place in Austin that I frequent and they've had to change their whole model. They don't know how to do it. It's not their fine dining mm-hmm. that it was at one time. They're, you know, they're 
letting to go cups, which is blowing my mind that you can go and <laughs> get a margarita know. to go. I mean, Jennifer, we should have gotten one before we came I in know. here. I mean, so that alone, you know, we're in the Bible belt. I mean, I'm just that just blows my mind. And, but I do understand, you know, I, I have a friend that, that, that she's a GM of, of a local restaurant. And, you know, when she said, we shut our doors, but when then all of a sudden you can have, you can sell alcohol that changed my margins and we had already shut down. I mean, yeah. so let your staff go. So that made a huge difference, but back to the counting, I just feel like, gosh, people be accountable. It's like us wearing masks. I mean, be accountable. We're going to a grocery store, wear a mask. You know what I'm saying? Right. Count your number of people that are coming in the bars. I mean, yeah. and your restaurants, of course. Yeah, I absolutely. Mean, I mean, and, and that's with anything. That's going down to get my hair done. I mean, the same mm -hmm. thing. It's about capacity. Exactly. It's about capacity. And, you know, a lot of us, I mean, not just Third Aid and Vine. I mean, there there's a lot of small bar owners out there that are in the same boat. I mean, they took everything very seriously. Um, they put a lot of thought and a lot of money into getting their places set up to reopen with the guidelines that a restaurant would have to abide by. And they're not given that same opportunity and that same chance to open their doors. I mean, there, there's a lot of us out there that have shown that, that we can open safely and we're just not being given that opportunity to. Right. And you're ready for it. Absolutely. It's been a long time. Do we have, are we on a phase system? I don't even know. Or, I mean, I, what phase we're in. I was reading something the other day. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, back at the beginning we were, um, I think bars were a part of phase two that got to reopen. Um, but at this time, I'm really not I sure imagine. anymore. I know. I know. Stop Googling, right? Yeah, I, I know. know. Definitely. Okay. So let's change it like a little more lighthearted. What's your favorite wine? Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Yes. And you know, people say, <laughs> what's your favorite thing to cook? Oh. oh, that's so tough. There are so many that I love. Um, I'm a huge Pinot Noir drinker. Um, but I, I also love, you know, like the Burgundy or the Beaujolais. If it's American, I love uh, Willamette Valley Pinot Noirs. Um, but I've really kind of gotten into some strange whites this summer. I think my favorite right now oh, um, is one from Hungary. It's called Oramas. It's so bizarre, um, but it's delicious. Compare it to one. What, like... I honestly don't even know how to describe it when I, yes, you do. when I tell people, <laughs> when I tell people, tell I'm like, okay, it's almost, it's like this, like little, when I say it, it's going to sound so bizarre. It's like a little sour candy or like a little sour patch kid, which mm -hmm. I know sounds so no, strange, it does not. um, but it's not sweet. Um, it's just really refreshing. It's like the perfect summer drinker. I mean, I know we're in September now, yeah, but, it, really. but it, we're but Texas. it's wonderful. So, um, so. I was a big, big Pinot Noir fan mm -hmm. when I met my husband, oh my goodness, 12 years ago. Huge. That, that was my dream. That was my, that was my thing. Mm -hmm. And then my body went just a little wacko. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. just, you know how it can happen. Mm -hmm. And so then I started on whites, but I have never, Jennifer, been a California Chardonnay. Right. Because it's, it's a little, it's, it's a lot heavy on my tongue. It is. <laughs> Butter and oak did not work out well for me, but. I, if you take me a, a nice French Chardonnay, I got this, you know, oh, because wine. Tell I, us why. I, I absolutely agree. I I mean, there's some wonderful California Chardonnays out there, but that's not really my choice either. They are. They're heavier, a little oakier. Um, the one that we have right now, the Fort Ross Sea Slopes is from California, but it it's definitely a little bit crisper. You don't get that same heavy um, kind of weight on your tongue. But yes, the French, um, oh. or the Chablis there, there's so much more, um, refreshing, you know, kind of get that oyster. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, they're just lighter, crisper, not the heavy buttery oak. Right. Yeah. And there is a place for that. I haven't found it in, in my diet yet, but I've never been a Chardonnay fan. Mm -hmm. Um, right now in my life still, I mean, I do it right now, but, um, <laughs> A cab is too heavy for me. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just, I'm, I'm, I, I, there's something going on, you yeah. know, chemistry in my body, but I love, love French Sancerre mm -hmm. and I adore Sauve Blanc and Pinot Grigio, yep. but I'm dying to hungry. I know it's so weird. It's so bizarre, but it is, it's delicious. How did you find this? 
uh, just through one of, and buy. <laughs> one of our distributors. I reached out to her. Um, gosh, this would have been, we were getting ready to reopen and I just emailed her and I was like, okay, I need you to bring me just some, I want some odd things, something that, you know, people haven't seen, people haven't had. Um, and I just, I want them to be very summery, refreshing, crisp, you know, we're, we've moved out of our winter whites. Just, just bring me something weird. Mm -hmm. Um, and she, she's so wonderful. She always brings us the best. Um, and she brought out like five or six different bottles for us to choose from. And I always taste with a couple of our staff members as well. So they can have input in it. And uh, it was hands down the favorite from everyone, but it was such a, such an obscure bottle. Um, when she brought it out, I was thinking, okay, this is from Hungary. Um, am I going to sell this? <laughs> but it's, it's amazing. Is it? Mm -hmm. And do you have it now? Mm -hmm. Oh yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. So that's your white choice. And, um, are you on the same page with me, Pinot Grigios and um, mm -hmm. all the same page? Mm -hmm. So we have the same palette. Absolutely. I mean, I just love it. That is, I think you're not going to believe this, but my doctor took me off wine for three months. Oh my goodness. Right. <laughs> Death sentence. I know, right? I don't know if I could do that. I know, right. I know it's killing me, killing me. It's the sugar for me right now. But anyway, um, I just miss it because going home and making a ranch water is not quite the same it as is not. having a glass of beautiful it's wine just from Hungary. Really not? No, it's not. <laughs> it's not sexy. It's just ranch water. I know. I know. I like to come home and pour that glass of wine. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. So tell me about your staff. Your you have like what are your staff members? You have a sommelier, or you? So we don't have an official one. Um, you know, I'm I'm certified. Um, Good. but I would definitely not say that that's like my thing. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, our, our staff is wonderful. They, they're so knowledgeable. They've all been in the industry a very long time. Um, we have the same staff that basically helped us open. Um, and they're, they're great. They, they definitely know how to talk wine. Um, make wine suggestions based on what your palate is. I mean, they, they'll definitely help guide you through the dispensers and what they would recommend. Um, and then they'll also push you out of your comfort zone a little bit. So they're all very knowledgeable. They have years in the industry. Um, they, they've been wonderful. When you were at TCU, did you like wine? I did. My mom is a huge wine drinker. Is I, bl she? <laughs> I blame her. <laughs> Comes, you came about it honestly. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yes. See, my daughter's the same thing. I mean, she's, you can't get the same wine that my mom's house at, at fraternity house. You just, yeah. It's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. My mom has always pushed me down that path. I will say, I mean, I never imagined myself owning a wine bar. Right. Like, you know, it just kind of happened. We just woke up one morning and just thought, you know, we just need to do something, you know, let, let's do something fun. Um, there's a couple of other places, um, kind of on the East coast and West coast that work with these dispensers. And we just thought Fort Worth needs this. We need it to be fun and approachable, let people explore. Mm -hmm. So it just kind of just happened. What would you say, I go back to January, February. Um, what would you say demographically is your, is your customer? Yeah, we actually get a wide range. I mean, I, we are heavy female. Absolutely. But we're, we're a good date spot. We carry a lot of local beers too. Um, but we get a wide range. We do get, um, some younger crowd in there being down there in the foundry district. There's a lot of the apartment complexes and condos. So we definitely do get that crowd, but I would say our main is, you know, probably parents like date nights or girls nights, mom night out. Uh, we're a great stop before dinner. Um, we're a great stop after dinner to enjoy some wine and dessert. Um, yeah, we, we get a lot of mom night out, birthday parties, dinner, date night out. I love that, Jennifer. You can do, you know, dinner out and then go have dessert. Yeah, absolutely. So your charcuterie boards, I know uh, our friend Claudia with My Sweet mm -hmm. Roots does your charcuterie. Yes. Beautiful. Oh, my goodness. Oh, She's amazing. an artist. Oh, they're fabulous. And um, and I did have one of hers at uh, Liz and Elena's event yes. at your place, yes. which was so great. Virtual. But, um, <laughs> but we did pick that up. So let's say you're open tonight and you have the charcuterie boards 
do they make them on site or no? No. So she brings them in a couple of days a week. Okay. Um, so we have them there and uh, they're just prepared, ready to go. Ready to go. Mm-hmm. And they're amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. She was on the show not too long ago. She's a hoot. <laughs> yeah, she's wonderful. She's a hoot. <laughs> okay. So take me to your wine travels. Um, wine travels. The What is your favorite place that you've been? Is there a place you want to go? Um, oh my gosh. Uh, oh. everywhere. Uh, my absolute favorite though is a Schramsberg in Napa. It, we had their, um, sparkling at our wedding. Um, I mean, it is our go to and our absolute favorite bottle. It is a cab, um, but it's their Jamie. It hands down my just favorite place, favorite bottle of wine I've ever had. And I love that place. Mm-hmm. I went many years ago in that fabulous cave, uh, and I watched. Incredible. I watched a guy riddling mm-hmm. the the bottles mm-hmm. of champagne. Poor guy must have carpal tunnel like no one does. Can you imagine? I, I know. But the, the the dad was the riddler. When I say riddler, they're turning, mm-hmm. and you can explain it probably better than I. But they're turning because of the. Lees, I can't yes. even think. I mean, I'm not in wine mode. Well, I should be, but um, <laughs> obviously not. But um, turning the bottles and he was doing this so quickly. It's amazing. I remember watching him thinking, oh my gosh, he's moving those so fast. So fast. And he had to. Yeah. You know, in some uh, vineyards, you have machines that do it, but mm-hmm. it's incredible watching them do it by hand. Oh, we, I mean, we are kindred spirits because that is one of my all-time favorite. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the experience that you have. It's it's amazing. Going there, of course, of course. Now, we talked about um, um, Texas wines, mm-hmm. and I have a lot of friends that have wineries in Texas and mm-hmm. very, very passionate, and I love these people. They're salt of the earth, and they work so hard. They do. They do. So hard. And you said you do carry a Texas wine or so? Yes. Yeah, so the one that we really focus on is William Chris. Um, we've, I think, carried most of his options. Uh, we start out with skeleton key. Um, yeah, I mean that, that's really, it's really our go-to is the William Chris. We might branch out a little bit um, and carry some more, but we love his wines. They're great. So great. So great. So taking you back, do you have a, a, a region in the world that you want to, to go? I mean, of course we all do. Are we ever traveling again? I know. Um, I have actually never been to the wine country in France. Um, my parents have been and they've done Italy and all of that. They've, and it's, it's probably my favorite, you know, I'm a huge Sancerre drinker as well. We are kindred spirits. (laughs) Yes. Um, and so I think that would be what I, I would love to do. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Mm-hmm. And your husband is, does he have a favorite? I mean, a favorite wine. He is cab all the way. A hundred percent. All the way. Um, I mean, he'll do some Pinot, but I mean, he likes the heavy, heavy, heavy red. <clears throat> yep. Cabin slab. He's a cab slab. Cabin state guy. Oh That's great. A cabin <laughs> slab is definitely it for sure. For sure. So, um, when you do reopen and we're all there having such a great time, what, what will you, I mean, what have we learned out of this? I mean, so many things, but I know I, I don't, I don't even know. Right. I mean, um, I think we're nervous to reopen again too. Cause I don't know if we get shut down again. I mean, we just, I, I don't know. I don't know. I will say Fort Worth has been wonderful. Um, we've worked with a lot of local businesses as well. We've done a lot of collaborations. Uh, we worked with, um, gifted greenhouse 817 loot. Um, you know, everybody's been really wonderful and a support for one another, uh, which has been really helpful. Um, and just for morale, right. knowing we're kind of all in it together. So collaborations have definitely been key. I think that will continue a lot when people reopen. I think virtual will still remain a little bit. Um, and I think a lot of um, curbside delivery, I think people are going to become accustomed to just kind of getting to go and pick up their wine and their food and bring it home. I think it's going to take a little while to come out of that. It is. You know, uh, we talk about a lot, the, uh, the way the world has changed. And my corporate world was you arrive at eight or nine, mm-hmm. you leave at four or five, you take a 30 to one hour lunch, you clock in, you clock out. How the world has changed so much with 
we got this. We, if yeah. you do your, your job, you know, going to an office per se, which I know there's friends of mine that they miss so desperately the connection and, but they enjoy being able to walk out of their home, right. you know, um, you, you and your husband, like we were talking earlier, real estate, you work out of your house. We have an office. Um, oh, good. yes, we do have an office, but I mean, m- I think I've probably only been there, gosh, it's been a handful. I don't even know if it's been 10 times since all of this Sorry. happened in March. I mean, he he is able to make it in quite a bit, but um, yeah, definitely been a working from home mentality. I've done a lot of phone calls with my kids in the background oh, <laughs> these last few months. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, you know, we, we see that in real estate a lot, um, even now with people purchasing homes. It's, is there a home office? Is there a second living room? You know, what is the backyard space like? Uh, we want a pool. Um, people have, have really been going more towards that kind of living at home mentality. Um, mm-hmm. which, you know, it's great. There's been a lot more family time and things like that, but we're, we're definitely going to see a shift from this. Family time is right, but enough's enough. Enough is enough. <laughs> you know, your kids, your kids are what? They're t- you're two different schools and, and, and uh, they're what, what grade are they in? So my son just started fourth and my daughter just started kindergarten. Oh, <laughs> no, they're in class. They are in class. Praise the Lord, right? Yes. It, uh, my fingers are crossed that that continues. I mean, they're happier. Not only am I happier, <laughs> mm-hmm. but they're happier. I mean, they were missing their friends so much. My daughter was, towards the end of the summer, starting to really get upset. A lot of meltdowns. She needed her friends. She needed more structure. I mean, they're, they're definitely happier. It, and it's true. Um, I talk about that with many, many, many moms and dads and my daughter's 21 and at TCU, she's a senior and, <laughs> you know, your, your senior year, you know, I cannot imagine. No. And, you know, so, so your senior year and then you're, you're teaching yourself at TCU, right? Hello. <laughs> it's a little expensive, but, um, you're teaching yourself and, um, I mean, you have your Zoom. The, the, all mm-hmm. of our professors chose, made the choice to teach vir- virtually. But she was telling me, she's like, Mom, I get up, I make breakfast, I sit in my at my desk every day, all day. There's nothing. I used to go to the, the malady. I used to go right. to, to avoid people. Like I'd tuck behind, so I didn't want to see this guy or this girl or whatever. I miss ghosting people. Right. I miss, I miss that. And so that, that smidge of just, it's, it's anxiety and, and a little bit of depression and like your daughter, kindergarten. Same exactly. Thing. Exactly. I mean, it, it's just so hard. I, I just, I can't imagine. I mean, these kids, whether they're 21 or they're five, I mean, even as adults, I mean, you have to have that human interaction. And when my son was doing virtual back in the spring, oh, it was so tough. Um, you know, and he, he w- wouldn't even really participate. I'd walk in there. He'd be playing a game over his Zoom meeting <laughs> or his computer would be shut. Right. Um, but they just, they need that interaction. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. 1000%. I mean, and Heather and I were talking, Injector Heather last night about her children mm-hmm. started kindergarten as well. So I went and had dinner with my husband last night. We were talking about it and, and he does say, my goodness, can you imagine being a senior in high school, a freshman in college? And, mm-hmm. then, and then I said, listen to this kindergarten. So you, you, your kindergarten, your, your, your colors and shapes and friends, right. and you're sitting in front of a computer. And, and Heather said, that's what her children are doing right now because of the school district. And that's not what it's about, you know? I know. I I was so nervous for my daughter. I mean, I was more nervous for her than I was for fourth grade. Like, I know my son will be fine. We'll figure it out. Um, but the kindergarten year is so magical. And I just did not want that to be taken away from her. I was so heartbroken over it for her. And even now, I mean, she's on campus, which is great, but it, it's still different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and she just doesn't get to experience the same things. Right. Are they limiting class sizes? Are there masks? Are they? Yes. Is that a so thing? she is in a mask all day long. Um, Bless that teacher. Oh my gosh. I cannot imagine. Um, but they have, they've made the class sizes smaller. They've brought down more teachers to be the kindergarten teachers. So she would have had a class of probably about 22. It's now 12. Wow. Class. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
but I just can't imagine having a child wear a mask all day. <laughs> and we're going to do it. <laughs> and she does it. She's pretty good about it. Is she? Mm-hmm. She. So you're saying you're not going to be a school teacher? No, that is not my calling. Is, no. And bless the teachers. <laughs> bless the teachers, oh administrators, God. and the counselors. I don't know how they do it. <laughs> I do not know how they do it, Jennifer, at all. At all. So we are going to finish this out. We're going to get this over. I know we will because our, I I know that we always survive this. I know we've not had this, but we have not had this. You know, we look back at 9-11 and we just had that anniversary Mm -hmm. and we have survived, but we've just got to move on. And I just tell everyone, do your job, you know? Yeah, I agree. I mean, we're going to come out of this. 38 and Vine's going to come out of this. I mean, you know, we're all going to come out of it, but yeah, we just, yeah. we all need to support one another. Absolutely. So. Now we're going to have some more wounds after this, but yeah. Yeah, we are. I know. <laughs> it is so nice to meet you. Oh, well, thank you so much. This was wonderful being on here. Well, and I just want to support local. I want to support it's, you know, in the statewide and, and nationally and internationally as mm-hmm. well. But it is really important for me to have you and all of the, the, the local Fort Worth, I want you to have a voice and I hope you've had an opportunity to do that Absolutely. today. Absolutely. I really appreciate it. And I can't wait to come and have that Hungarian wine. I know. Who knew? I, I know. can't Who wait. Knew? Okay, it's when a I surprise. come, you have one. We'll have a glass with me, right? Absolutely. Well, great. Well, tell us again how we can find you on social media. Yes. Yeah, so we are on Instagram at 38 and Vine, same for Facebook. And our website is 38andvine.com. You can also order online for, we have a full online store for pickup. Yes, you do. And you have memberships. Yes, we have wine club memberships. You know what I wanted to throw in that too? You do have a room if somebody wanted a private party, right? Up to 10? Whenever we're reopened. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. But we do. Yes. So, because I know a lot of people ask me, private rooms, where is that? Yes, we do have a private room. Okay. Well, we will be there for sure. Absolutely. Thank you, Jennifer. It's so nice to see you. Okay, everyone, follow me at Tiffany C. Blackman on Instagram and go to YouTube and please rate and review this. Follow this. We're trying to get up there in that podcast world and we need you to do this. Leave a comment. And everyone, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for coming, Jennifer, today. And everyone, keep being fabulous. Fabulous.